Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of E-Commerce Titans. My name is Jesse Stock and I'm your host. E-Commerce Titans is brought to you by 3PL Zen. 3PL Zen is the most customer focused 3PL in the world. They'll store, prep and ship your goods to your customers, giving you time to focus on building your business. Whether you use Shopify, Amazon, Amazon FBA, WooCommerce, BigCommerce, eBay, or any other platform, give them a call. They guarantee the best customer service in the industry. Today, we are joined by Kyle Hamer. Kyle is an e-commerce consultant with a proven track record of success. He's a hugely successful online seller. He's an incredible resource and has been hugely successful and helpful for my business. Kyle, welcome. Hey, I'm really glad to be here, Jesse. Thanks for having me. We're thrilled to have you. Um, So I want to ask you the, the following question because so many people are searching for a way to get started. And I I know a lot of young people who are struggling to find direction, especially in this kind of post lockdown environment. What was the first thing you sold online? Wow. The first thing that I ever sold online uh, was, I would think probably textbooks, Uh, getting out of college on Amazon, put it up there, sold it. And I was like, oh, that was cool, you know, and then I had to remember to ship it, you know, like you're in college, <laughs> you make the sale and they're like, oh, I got to ship this thing too. And, you know, and, and not charging it and not charging for shipping, being confused on that, you know, so you're losing money on the shipping side when you're selling these, these textbooks or whatever, you know, you're sending out. Yeah. So not paying attention to that. Uh, that was, that was the very first thing I sold online, but it definitely opened up my eyes to where everything was headed and sort of got, got me interested in that, in that process for sure. Right. That cost of shipping is like the first taste of your cost of goods sold. A hundred percent. Like you just don't think about it. And I didn't know. I was like, you put it up there. I was like, oh man, I made all this extra money. And you go to ship it and you're like, oh, I didn't charge for shipping or I didn't charge enough for it. Yeah. And then you're learning the lesson of the hard way. School of hard knocks. Exactly. Um, what, what was your first job? Yeah, no, my first ever job, like my official real job, like I would do like jobs here and there uh, growing up just for fun. But my first real job was as an IT consultant. So that was my my very first gig. I, uh, I got I met a guy at a birthday party of a mutual friend. And he had just left his job. Uh, it was during the dot com bubble, actually. So this is right around 2001, two, three, yeah. couple, couple of years after dot com bubble. He was starting his own IT consulting gig. You know, I was just sort of in college early, uh, figuring stuff out and was interested in computers and, and tech, met him and decided to be an intern. And he's like, and he offered me an internship. And I said, sure. Uh, so we, we, we tested it out. I just volunteered for like a couple months. I was like, well, we'll just swing by and help you out. You know, he was, you know, working out of his house early on. And then he, after about a month or two, he offered me a paid internship. And so I was like, that's cool. And so I did that and he's taught me some coding. I did some programming in uh, ASP and HTML and sort of learned that and, and started learning networking and computers. And I was really interested in that stuff. So it was kind of fun for a geek like me. And eventually I was going to go to finish my four-year degree in college. And so I was at, I was at a two-year community college. And as I graduated and I was working with him over the summer, my, my goal was to already go to this four-year school that I already applied to put in my deposit, got accepted. I was, I was squared away and good to go. 
And he came to me, uh, you know, about a month or so before uh, classes were going to start. And he said, Hey, if I triple what I'm paying you as an intern, would you stay and help me, you know, build this consulting company? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. I mean, it sounded like fun. So uh, that's what I did. So we just rented out an office space and it was just a one room office with two desks. And that's where we got started. And from there, the company began to grow. We did a lot of like IT work. Um, I was sort of the senior network engineer and sort of the main sales guy and ended up growing the, the networking division of that consulting company. And, and he sort of oversaw everything, but was mainly responsible for like the software development and web design house of the business. And yeah, we, we did that for like five years. Uh, grew that company uh, pretty rapidly. And we were in, um, we uh, it was on the Oregon coast, actually, where I grew up. So we had clients all throughout the Oregon coast. Uh, we had government contracts. Um, we had business contracts. We had, we had clients in Portland. We had clients up in Seattle. Um, really, we kind of did stuff remotely as much as we could. But that was my very first job. It was at a startup. Uh, and that sort of has been my, my gig ever since. It sort of got me exposed to being an entrepreneur and, and sort of just risking it and, and going for it. That's awesome. Um, what would you say is one of the most common struggles your clients face when they're getting started online? I would say the most common struggle is a lack of focus. That would be because there's so many, there's so many marketing messaging coming to them. There's so many shiny objects. Oh, I have to do this. I have to do that. Yeah. And I think that's sort of the, the fundamental uh, challenge is just how do you filter out all the things that you don't need or the things that are cool, but they're not required for you in the moment. I think part of your entrepreneurial journey is really learning how to prioritize what's important for you to be focused on now. And I also think that the other common struggle that people face, I'd say there's two. One is that they don't have a good product market fit yet. So they want to be selling something online, but they're just not really sure what, and they're not really sure how. So oftentimes I encourage people to pick a, a business model that sort of takes complexity away. And what I mean by that is, so if you were going to launch a brand new product in the marketplace, let's say on Amazon, you're going to, you're going to create, you find a manufacturer, you're getting it manufactured, maybe even get it custom designed. You're doing all this product development, one that's expensive and time consuming, but you also have to become really good at product development and then become really good at product marketing all at the same time. Yep. Like you have to wear multiple hats in your business. And if you don't have experience doing that, I see a lot of people struggle at it. And I also see people have a tendency to excel at one or the other. So people have a strong product development uh, bent and are really good at that. What I see them often make a mistake is that they'll launch a good product and they'll have a great product market fit, but they can't scale it because scaling is not in their skill set. They're good at the starting. They're not good at the scaling. So for those people, they just try to hang on to these products um, for too long and they need to actually just sell them off um, and just be back in that, in that production mode. Um, so, yeah, I, I think those, the, the biggest one is just focus really. Um, and then not having quite the product market fit uh, figured out and, and sort of what their product strategy is 
uh, really dialed in, it becomes becomes a challenge. That's totally fair. I mean, you, you've got to kind of be an air traffic controller, right? When you're starting starting a business and then still, you know, <laughs> make coffee for your employees and, uh, and do everything else. Well, yeah, th- there's just a lot of skill sets, you know, like you get into it and you're like, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur online and, you know, be my own boss and, and you know, and do all that stuff. And really, you take you wear a lot of hats, right? You're doing product development, you're doing marketing, you've got to wear the finance hat, you have to wear the operations hat. If you have it, you know, you should be investing in building your team, then you're managing people. All of those are discrete skill sets that require you to invest your time and energy to grow in. And now, you it's for some people, they might be transitioning to an online career and have a bunch of experience in their background in one of those areas, right? Like I've seen, there's a number of really, really great uh, e-commerce sellers who have a background in finance and it really benefits them because they know their numbers, they're comfortable with numbers, uh, they understand the data, like they have a leg up on a lot of other sellers who are just kind of like, I'm really good at product and I'm, or I'm really good at marketing, but the finance, the numbers are problematic for them. Right. And so they need to get help, get team members to help them with that in order to really scale. So what do you think people miss when they write their their marketing plan if they if they write one at all? Uh, so when people think about writing their, their marketing plan, uh, if they write one at all, it's <laughs> a good question, is they miss the fact that it's disconnected from their business plan. Like their overall business strategy is just not aligned with their marketing plan. And that becomes a major problem because the clarity, it all, it all needs to sort of flow together. Like your marketing plan for your business has to really flow out of some fundamental questions that you're asking in your business. Why does your business exist? Who are your customers? How do you serve them? Like those fundamental questions for your business flow down to the marketing strategy that you have. Because say, for example, you're trying to sell women's shoes. So women's shoes is a really, really broad niche, like a lot of different competitors, a lot of different sort of sub niches that you can, you can play in and you can go after. And if you're going to go really, really broad, you're going to be competing. It's really, really big companies, really, really deep pockets. So if that was your niche, my recommendation would be continue to niche down until you can identify a market segment that you can go after um, and gain some traction in, right? And so your marketing plan really has to follow and fit your overall business strategy. Uh, and, and then the other piece that I think is really missing from most marketing plans is one, it's not connected to the business strategy as a whole. And so it, it struggles to, to get coherent. Then the, the second thing is that people just don't understand their metrics, and the key performance indicators, the, the way that they measure success for a marketing plan completely. And they miss some components, right? So oftentimes marketing plans are only judged by the amount of new customers and sales, first-time customer buyers that enter into your business. And that is an important metric, but that's not the only metric in a, that a marketing plan can have or should have. So your customer acquisition cost is an important number. You want to be able to know that um, because you want to be able to get a customer acquisition cost. It's a customer acquisition cost versus a lifetime value ratio. 
that you're trying to understand fundamentally with any marketing plan long-term, you want to be able to have a, a three to one ratio, meaning that you want to be able to have the lifetime value be three times higher than your customer acquisition cost. Uh, and because at that number, you can, you can typically scale uh, your business. Now in some, some niches, some products, some companies will need a higher ratio than that because of their cost of goods and their margins um, require you to have that. But as a whole, if you can get that three to one, um, that's really sort of an ideal, an ideal thing. So I think fundamentally people don't align their marketing plan with their business plan successfully and have it fully integrated. Um, and then two, they just don't really understand the numbers that are required to, to really execute a marketing plan. And I think you can get those two things uh, and, and get clarity for yourself on those things. You're going to be so much further along in the process. Yeah. I, if you don't pay attention to how much you're spending on each customer, I mean, you know, pay-per-click campaigns can drain your budget so fast. <laughs> for sure. Later, you look at your, your account and you're like, where did it go? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think, I mean, it's so true because it, it really, it becomes this, how much, well, there's a couple, a couple of things. Uh, one is th these, these numbers, like your customer acquisition costs, but also like your lifetime value of your customer are so critical to really understanding for long-term success. And it's funny because you never think about it at the beginning. You know, like when you're writing a marketing plan, those things usually aren't the main focus. Usually it's very tactical. Uh, we're going to have a Facebook campaign. We're going to have a Google ad campaign. We're going to work with influencers. Like that's usually how, it, how that is structured. But in reality, you have to know the, the numbers like your, um, your lifetime value of your customer, the, the estimated customer acquisition cost. But even if you're starting from scratch, you have to have a number that's sort of a goal. Like what, what's my break even cost on this marketing plan? Like what number do I need to hit to acquire a customer and have it even break even or make sense for me? Like that you can just reverse engineer and figure out. And that's a good starting point. Um, and then one, one more piece of advice, I think on a marketing plan, and this is just from experience, is that uh, the, Mike Tyson said it best, um, you know, everyone has to plan until they get punched in the face, right? So like he's talking about boxing and that's so true going to market with any, any idea, any product, any marketing plan, you have to be, a, have the ability to pivot and pivot quickly and make, make decisions based on the data and be prepared to do that uh, in order to have success because nine, eight, eight to nine times out of 10, you might execute on a marketing idea and there will be some various amount of tweaking <laughs> that has to occur. It's very rare that you can sort of hit it out of the park uh, with a marketing plan or a marketing campaign uh, the very first time and without having to do any sort of uh, adjustments or tweaking to it. So be prepared, be nimble uh, is also an important part. Sure. So if you had told someone, um, I mean, this, this is kind of one of these questions that, uh, you know, it's, it's a fortune teller question, right? But if you had told someone in 1900 that Sears Roebuck would go bankrupt, they would have laughed in your face. Um, do you see any platform or company on the horizon that could one day give Amazon a run for their money? You know, that, that's a great question. I mean, Jeff, Jeff Bezos 
you know, famously sort of predicted and said that he said one day Amazon will be bankrupt or some, something to that effect, that little out of context, but it was something along those lines. He's, and his whole point is that industries and markets, societies constantly changing. And the companies that are adapting have the greatest shot at success. Um, I think I think it'll be interesting if, is there a platform or company on the horizon that could give Amazon a run for their money? Maybe, I mean, Walmart's always going to try. I think Walmart, their dot-coms, I think the other big box retailers are going to consistently try to improve their online marketplaces and the performance and the traffic to those marketplaces to be more competitive with Amazon. I think you'll, you're continuing going to see that. I think Shopify has a good shot at making a dent, a big enough dent to where Amazon is now thinking about how do they offer uh, website services uh, as a, as a SaaS platform. Like there's, there's conversations occurring where Amazon's like, well, we can compete directly with Shopify by offering a Shopify like service that all runs on AWS you know, I mean, because Amazon has the infrastructure to run all that stuff because that's what they're running their own platform and marketplaces on. Uh, so, I, you know, could they, uh, as a more sort of small, you know, discrete web platforms for companies to sort of uh, take market share from Amazon? I, I think that that could be the case. There's, there's no one who's a front runner, I think, in terms of uh, right now competing with them. I mean, potentially... Uh, you know, it could be a government that ultimately does Amazon in, you know, with antitrust uh, law changes and stuff like that, that could cause Amazon to be uh, broken up potentially. Um, that, that would be a, a risk that they'd have to face. But I think right now in e-commerce, at least in the U.S., they have, they have a good stronghold in 20, 30 years from now. Will that continue to be the case? I don't know. I think it'll it'll be interesting to see if if do people navigate more to smaller, more bespoke, uh, smaller businesses like on a Shopify platform. They just go directly to the brand, or do people want the ease of uh, of going and having everything all in one spot? You know, um, that it'll be an interesting an interesting dynamic that we see how how uh, e commerce buying habits evolve over the next twenty to thirty years as even more people come online to buy. Sure. And we're, we're all going to learn together. Um, we are. <laughs> Kyle, uh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for joining us. Um, Kyle Hamer is um, a business consultant and um, a good friend of mine. And um, I'm going to leave his details in the description below. So feel free to, to check it out. Um, he's an incredible resource. E-commerce Titans is brought to you by 3PL Zen. 3PL Zen is the premier 3PL for e-commerce. Uh, we'll help you get started. We'll fulfill your goods and we'll take good care of you. So feel free to reach out to us. Kyle, thank you again. And we'll see you all next time. Thank you for having me. Uh -huh.